Good evening. I hope you've had a wonderful day today. Welcome to BVJ's Bedtime Stories. My name is Big Voice Jay, and this is a show where we get you ready for a great night's sleep with some old familiar stories that you haven't heard in a while. Links to every story can be found in the show notes at our website, bedtimewithbvj.com. Today's story, At a Summer Villa, by Anton Chekhov. I love you. You are my life, my happiness, everything to me. Forgive the avowal, but I have not the strength to suffer and be silent. I ask not for love in return, but for sympathy. Be at the old arbor at eight o'clock this evening. To sign my name is unnecessary, I think, but do not be uneasy at my being anonymous. I am young, nice-looking. What more do you want? When Pavel Ivanich Vyhotsev, a practical married man who was spending his holidays at a summer villa, read this letter, he shrugged his shoulders and scratched his forehead in perplexity. What devilry is this, he thought. I'm a married man, and he sent me such an odd, silly letter. Who wrote it? Pavel Ivanich turned the letter over and over before his eyes, read it through again, and spat with disgust. I love you, he said jeeringly. A nice boy she is pitched on. So I'm to run off to meet you in the arbor. I got over all such romances and flirted a more years ago, my girl. Hm. She must be some reckless, immoral creature. Well, these women are set. What a whirly gig. God forgive us. She must be to write a letter like that to a stranger. And a married man, too. It's real demoralization. In the course of his eight years of married life, Pavel Ivanich had completely got over all sentimental feeling, and he received no letters from ladies except letters of congratulation. And so, although he tried to carry it off with disdain, the letter quoted above greatly intrigued and agitated him. An hour after receiving it, he was lying on his sofa, thinking, "'Of course I am not a silly boy.' and I am not going to rush off to this idiotic rendezvous. But yet, it would be interesting to know who wrote it. Hmm, it is certainly a woman's writing. The letter is written with genuine feeling, and so it can hardly be a joke. It's likely it's some neurotic girl, or perhaps a widow. Widows are frivolous and eccentric as a rule. Hmm. What could it be? What made it the more difficult to decide the question was that Pavel Ivanich had not one feminine acquaintance among all the summer visitors, except his wife. It is odd, he mused. I love you. When did she manage to fall in love? Amazing woman. To fall in love like this, apropos of nothing, without making any acquaintance and finding out what sort of man I am. She must be extremely young and romantic if she is capable of falling in love after 
two or three looks at me. But who is she? Poppily Vanish suddenly recalled that when he had been walking among the summer villas the day before, and the day before that, he had several times been met by a fair young lady with a light blue hat and a turn-up nose. The fair charmer had kept looking at him, and when he sat down on a seat, she had sat down beside him. Can it be? Vyotsev wondered. Can't be? Could a delicate ephemeral creature like that fall in love with a worn-out eel like me? No, it's impossible. At dinner, Pavel Ivanich looked blankly at his wife while he meditated. She writes that she is young and nice-looking. So she's not old. <sighs> to tell the truth, honestly, I am not so old and plain that no one could fall in love with me. My wife loves me. Besides, love is blind, we all know. What are you thinking about? His wife asked him. Oh, my head aches a little, Pavel Ivanich said quite untruly. He made up his mind that it was stupid to pay attention to such a nonsensical thing as a love letter, and laughed at it, and at its authoress. But, alas, powerful is the dacha enemy of mankind. After dinner, Pavel Ivanich lay down on his bed, and instead of going to sleep, reflected. But there, I dare say she is expecting me to come. What a silly. I could just imagine what a nervous fidget she'll be in, and how her torner will quiver when she does not find me in the arbor. I can't go, though. <sighs> Bother her. But I repeat, powerful is the enemy of mankind. Though I might, perhaps. Just out of curiosity, he was musing half an hour later, I might go and look from a distance what sort of creature she is. It would be interesting to have a look at her. It would be fun, and that's all. After all, why shouldn't I have a little fun since such a chance has turned up? Pavel Ivanich got up from his bed and began dressing. What are you getting yourself up so smartly for? His wife asked noting that he was putting on a clean shirt and a fashionable tie. Oh, nothing. I must have a walk. My headache. Hmm. Bobbly Vanage dressed in his best, and waiting till eight o'clock went out of the house. When the figures of gaily dressed summer visitors of both sexes began passing before his eyes against a bright green background, his heart throbbed. Which of them is it? He wondered, advancing irresolutely. Come, what am I afraid of? Why, I am not going to the rendezvous. What a fool. Go forward boldly. And what if I go into the arbor? Well, well, there is no reason I should. Pavel Ivanich's heart beat still more violently. Involuntarily, with no desire to do so, 
he suddenly pictured to himself the half-darkness of the arbor. A graceful, fair girl with a little blue hat and a turn-up nose rose before his imagination. He saw her, abashed by her love and trembling all over, timidly approach him, breathing excitedly, suddenly clasping him in her arms. If I weren't married, it would be all right, driving sinful ideas out of his head. Though, for once in my life, it would do no harm to have the experience, or else one will die without knowing what. And my wife, what, what will it matter to her? Thank God, for eight years I've never moved one step away from her. Eight years of irreproachable duty. Enough of her. It's positively vexatious. I'm ready to go to spite her. Trembling all over and holding his breath, Pavel Ivanich went up to the arbor, wreathed with ivy and wild vine, and peeped into it. The smell of dampness and mildew reached him. I believe there's nobody, he thought, going into the arbor, and at once saw a human silhouette in the corner. The silhouette was that of a man. Looking more closely, Pavel Ivanich recognized his wife's brother, Mitya, a student, who was staying with them at the villa. Oh, it's you, he growled discontentedly as he took off his hat and sat down. Yes, it's I, answered Mitya. Two minutes passed in silence. Excuse me, Pavel Ivanich, began Mitya, but might I ask you to leave me alone? I'm thinking over the dissertation for my degree, and and the presence of anybody else prevents my thinking. You had better go somewhere in a dark avenue, Pavel Ivanich observed mildly. It's easier to think in the open air, and besides, I should like to have a little sleep here, on this seat. It's not so hot here. You want to sleep, but it's a question of my dissertation, Mitya grumbled. The dissertation is more important. Again, there was a silence. Pavel Ivanich, who had given the rein to his imagination and was continually hearing footsteps, suddenly leaped up and said in a plaintive voice, I beg you, Mitya. You are younger and ought to consider me. I am unwell and I need sleep. Go away. That's egoism. Why must you be here and not I? I won't go as a matter of principle. Come, I ask you to. Suppose I am an egoist, a despot, and a fool, but I ask you to go. For once in my life I ask you a favor. Show some consideration. Mitya shook his head. What a beast, thought Pavel Ivanich. That can't be a rendezvous with him here. It's impossible with him here. I say, Mitya, he said, I ask you for the last time, show that you are a sensible, humane, and cultivated man. I don't know why you keep on so, said Mitya, shrugging his shoulders. I've said I won't go, and I won't. I shall stay here as a matter of principle. 
At that moment, a woman's face with a turn-up nose peeped into the arbor. Seeing Mitya and Pavli vanished, it frowned and vanished. She is gone, thought Pavel Ivanich, looking angrily at Mitya. Saw that blackguard and fled. It's all spoilt. After waiting a little longer, he got up, put on his hat and said, You're a beast, a low brute, and a blackguard. Yes, a beast. It's mean and silly. Everything is at an end between us. Delighted. Hear it, muttered Mitya, also getting up and putting on his hat. Let me tell you that by being here just now, you've played me such a dirty trick that I'll never forgive you as long as I live. Pavel Ivanich went out of the arbor and, beside himself with rage, strode rapidly to his villa. Even the side of the table laid for supper did not soothe him. Once in a lifetime such a chance is turned up, he thought in agitation, and then it's been prevented. Now she's offended. Crushed. At supper, Pavel Ivanich and Mitya kept their eyes on their plates and maintained a sullen silence. They were hating each other from the bottom of their hearts. What are you smiling at? asked Pavel Ivanich, pouncing on his wife. It's only silly fools who laugh for nothing. His wife looked at her husband's angry face and went off into a peal of laughter. What was that letter you got this morning, she asked. I didn't get one. Pavel Ivanich was overcome with confusion. You are inventing imagination. Oh, come, tell Own up, you did. Why, it was I sent you that letter. Honor bright, I did. <laughs> Pavel Ivanich turned crimson and bent over his plate. Silly joke, he growled. But what could I do? Tell me that. We had to scrub the rooms out this evening, and how could we get you out of the house? There was no other way of getting you out. But don't be angry, stupid. I didn't want you to be dull in the arbor, so I sent the same letter to Mitya, too. Mitya, have you been to the arbor? Mitya grinned and left off glaring with hatred at his rival. In an early form of quiet gaslighting, here by Anton Chekhov, what is genuine are the deals that can be had at Chewy.com. Everything you need for every one of your pets. Enter BVJ and the promo code and it will do absolutely nothing because this is not a sponsor to read. I would like to remind you that we're always on the hunt for great public domain stories to feature on the show. And if you know of any, email me, bigvoicej at gmail.com. We've got a YouTube channel with selected stories from the show. Go to tiny.cc slash bvjbedtime. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Music. It helps to spread the word that we're putting people to sleep every single night. And if you'd like to support the show, there's a Buy Me A Coffee link on every page and post. Thank you so much for listening.
Good night. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>